Today we're learning about a few misleading and dangerous myths around health and fitness, and we're exploring an unconventional yet realistic approach toward designing your life for better health, optimum wellness, and true longevity. Don't you change that dial or drop that phone, we're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. Really excited for today's episode. In fact, you'll probably notice it runs a little longer than most do just because we went really deep in this and I've not had a chance yet to really dive into health and wellness the way this next interview gave me the opportunity to do. And I really want to make sure to really pile on the value for you here. In fact, we're not wasting any more time, no more pleasantries, no more nothing. I'm just switching up mics, diving straight in with Joey Atlas, and you'll understand why I really want to get this one into heavy detail. You'll see what I mean in a second. Okay, guys, we have a first for Shatter the Mold today. Joey Atlas was once an overweight, emotional eater, and later flirted with alcohol addiction, but now helps people get into the best shape of their life for health, wellness, and longevity without using high-impact, risky, mainstream workouts and diets. He sold over 45,000 copies of his DVDs and programs and released a patent-pending home gym system that's been in development for the past 10 years. He mostly focuses on implementing unconventional but realistic fitness and nutrition programs, and he's also all about busting all the misleading and dangerous myths out there that are still running rampant in the fitness and diet industry. So I am really excited to introduce him to you. Joey Atlas, thank you so much, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Absolute pleasure, Andrew. Thank you so much. That was an awesome intro. I'm going to have to clip that and use it for uh, for other places. Well done. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny. I That's not the first time I've heard that. It's always an <laughs> honor. I, I've got to credit my our friend in common, Kevin Thompson. He kind of wrote that up. There we go. He wrote something up. This is the perfect segue for how I want to begin things. He actually used the words a former fat kid. And it was just, it was so awkward for me to put that in an intro because that doesn't really explain things. So I'd kind of like kick it off to you. Um, as I understand it, because he wrote that, you are a self-described former fat kid. Yeah. And I imagine that made a real imprint on how you view life, you know, struggles as a child with this and kind of what that's meant and right. your journey and how that's affected your decision-making process yeah. and coming up with all these, uh, these diet and workout programs. Absolutely. So First and foremost, I was blessed to be born uh, to great parents. Uh, my dad was, he was into his fitness. Well, you know, we're talking like back in the early 70s, he would, he would do all different kinds of things around the house. He'd have some body weight stuff. Um, he, was a, he was a crafty guy. He was a master carpenter, so he could build stuff. He would build these little devices and we'd have things hanging from the ceiling or between doorways and you'd have some weight sets around the old school weight sets so he was into it like it was just part of his life and not many people were into it back then so for me there was this gift of having my dad set the example of what it looks like to take proper care of yourself right from a physical fitness perspective mm. and it made a huge impact on me Right from, I mean, literally, 
childhood. As soon as I had any cognition, I could see what he was doing. And it, it was really apparent that what he did for himself really made a difference in how he looked, functioned, and felt as compared to everybody else who wasn't taking care of themselves. And he had friends uh, who were of a similar mindset, similar lifestyle habits, and I could see the difference in them. They were just happy, strong, capable, fun-loving people uh, who had a zest for life that was different than most everybody else. A lot of other people were like out of shape. They were tired. They were complaining. They were weak. They, you know, they couldn't do much. Um, and I was aware of this difference, and I knew who I wanted to be like. So I traveled in the path of my father. And being born into a traditional Italian household where food was life, right? My grandparents were still alive. Uh, my, my mom's parents were still living with us. And so there was this constant lifestyle element of food and the importance of eating and eating heartily um, that was also part of my life. So I had a really hard time growing up balancing not eating too much versus being active enough. Mm. So through childhood, I had a, this really interesting childhood. I was a really active kid. I mean, really active, played sports, whether it was outside or on teams. Um, and my, my parents wouldn't, my dad wouldn't let me actually start really working out until I was about 14-ish, give or take. There was a myth back then that kids shouldn't be working out until they're they're 15 or 16, but he let me start when I was 14. So I had this food thing developing, right? You know, lots of Italian foods, pastas, breads, cakes, pastries, uh, chocolate, um, just, just had this addiction brewing to food. Uh, while I was, you know, really interested in this fitness aspect of, of living. And long story short, as I progressed into my teen years, high school, college, the fitness thing got really strong. Like it became part of my identity, part of my lifestyle, part of my values, but it was more vanity driven as opposed to health, wellness, and longevity. Mm. But I struggled with this food thing, like really hard. Food became a real emotional crutch for me. And I really loved food. And at times of struggle and times of stress, I would turn to food more often than anything else. And so even though I was really dedicated to fitness training and exercise and, and, and looking good, I was also secretly dedicated to food and beverages. And I eventually got into competitions. I wanted to compete in these natural bodybuilding competitions. A lot of my gym friends uh, were saying, hey, you know, you got great genetics. Your physique is balanced. You know, even though you're 16, 17, you'll kick ass. You know, you should really think about competing. And I had always thought I maybe want to someday because I had watched my father do it, watched his friends do it. And it was, uh, it was, a, it was an intriguing process uh, to me to see these guys diet down to be competition ready. But I knew inside me the struggle was going to be controlling food and beverages long enough to be able to diet down to, you know, three, four, 5% body fat. Mm. But I always love challenges. And that's a, that's a 
innate part of me. I love challenges. I love rising to victory and I love overcoming the impossible. So I challenged myself to take the advice of my older peers who were encouraging me to compete. And I decided I, I will be strong enough to control my foods and beverages to at least make it into this competition in the best shape possible. And it was hard. I did it, but it was so hard. And it really showed me, highlighted the depths of my food codependencies and my beverage codependencies. And that started the learning process of me eventually being able to empathize with a lot of people who suffer from known or unknown food codependencies and food addictions and beverage addictions. Um, that was when it started to make itself known to me that I'm, that I'm dealing with something below the surface here. But I never did anything about it. I just kind of got mindful about it, started paying attention to it in, in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, to, to not to glance over the fat kid part, when I was younger, I was pudgy. I was chunky. I, you know, people would call me pudgy. They would call me spanky. Um, some of my cousins would, you know, call me the fat mofo word. Um, you know, there was a lot of that because I, I, I was chunky. I was thick. I was pudgy. My clothes were tight. You know, I had to shop in the Husky section of Sears because I was heavier than the normal kid my height. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm only five, one and a half right now. I'm almost 50 years old. So uh -huh. growing up, growing up, I was, you know, five feet tall, five, five, one, five, two, the max. So I was always the short kid and pudgy. And so I was getting it from every angle. But that that created a complex in me. And I remember summers at like day camp. Um, I didn't want to go to the pool. I didn't want to go to the beach outings because I didn't want to take off my shirt. And I just had like this this flabbiness about me. And it made me really self-conscious and I kind of just wanted to hide. And uh, it was painful, but I also remember how it felt. And, and again, those experiences allow me now to empathize with the people I work with and the people my team coaches uh, locally at the studio, uh, as well as the, the people we coach long distance. Mm -hmm. So that was my fat kid journey. And um, what's cool about it is that if I didn't go through all that, and I'm giving you the short version, there were many, many painful episodes that we might revisit later during this talk. Uh, what's cool about it is, is if I didn't have that kind of childhood and that paradox that I had to deal with, I wouldn't be in a position to help people the way I do now. So it, that curse has actually become a gift to me because, because it has allowed me to connect with people from a truly uh, understanding perspective to feel what, what they're going through, to have been there myself. Uh, I'm able to have much better and deeper context as to what they're going through and what we need to fix in order for them to find success and come through that that dark space you know what i mean yeah now as i hear you say that and as i hear you break down your story i'm going to invite you to correct me if i'm wrong here but this tells me that these programs these workout and diet programs that you have these these nutrition game plans uh, it sounds to me like you incorporate a lot of psychology into this because it sounds to me like you're recognizing that a huge piece of this puzzle is in the mind not just in the body is that a correct assumption it's mostly there. I mean, that's where it all starts. And so there are many layers to this. And what's interesting is that besides 
my methods of fitness training being very different than what's out there in the mass markets right now. Um, there's, there's this unseen aspect element of the mindset and the, the psychological, emotional, mental parts of how a person needs to be thinking in order for them to perform the actions and make decisions they're supposed to make so that they're moving toward their goals that they've stated they want to achieve. So it's one thing for anybody to say, okay, I'm going to hire a trainer and I'm going to hire a nutritionist if the trainer you know, isn't equipped to help me with my nutrition. Well, that's fine. Programming aside, let, you know, forget about what's in the program. That's fine. You go hire a trainer, nutritionist or dietitian if you need one, unless the trainer's uh, well-versed in helping you with nutrition. You can't just follow an exercise program and start following an eating methodology that's cleaner than what you have been doing without first having reset your mindset to a place that is going to allow you to con continue all these new habits as a lifestyle forever. Because mm. countless people every day, every week, every month are start restarting again. Oh, I got to get back in shape. Right? Oh, I'm going to start. I've, I've slacked off for the last six months or three years or whatever. I need to get back on, on a program. Right? And those will stop eventually. And I'm talking, you know, I think you'll agree. We know so many people who start and stop various things. Mm -hmm. all throughout the year, right? Why is that? The main reason is that there's no clear definition of what that person's values, intentions, and purpose are. And so because there's no clear outline of values, intentions, and purpose, their efforts are like random. They're just, they, they, they're not tied to anything meaningful except, oh, I need to get in shape. Oh, I need to lose this extra weight. Oh, I got to lose this beer gut. Oh, I got to get ready for the wedding or the reunion or vacation so I look good in my bikini. Those, those are short term. They'll only last so long and they'll only, only take you so far, right? right? That's why people are always on and off. Yo-yo fitness people, yo-yo dieters, they're on again, off again, on again, off again. If the only people who truly make it through life while being on the health, wellness, and longevity path are people who have really stopped and thought this through the, the, the whole way. And so instead of a vacation or a reunion or the holidays or the new year being the end goal, the goal becomes life itself, entire life, and everything that wants to be achieved in that life. Right, so now we're we're transcending the superficial meaning of what it what it, it it's what's known as oh getting in shape, getting fit, you know, losing weight. Your whole life depends on your abilities to be healthy, fit, and strong. So, in the context of this conversation, we assume they're entrepreneurs, business owners, people who want to achieve a lot in life. They're listening. Well. If your health is sacrificed by 30, 40, 50%, your energy is down, you don't like the way you feel, your, your brain is not as sharp, mm. you're, you're self-conscious, you, know, you don't have the edge because you're eating like crap, 
and you're worried about your blood pressure, you're worried about your cholesterol, you don't even know what's going on with your insides because you haven't had them checked in five years maybe, right? You're right. avoiding yourself, right? You're disconnected from yourself. It's like you, you think you have to handle that Facebook ad set and that is vital, but you need to do that workout also because only with the workout will you feel good enough and have a clear enough mind in order to be successful and strategic in the whole business thing that you wanted to do to begin with. That's it. Simple. Your, your nutrition and fitness should be part of your business plan, should be mm. part of your life plan because if you no athlete is not going to practice and train because they're not going to perform at their highest. We have to see ourselves as athletes in the sport of life, right? And for us entrepreneurs, it's even more important because we're the top gun. Like we're responsible for making stuff happen. But if we're out of shape, weak and unfit and possibly flirting with medical issues under the surface that we can't see, then we're not going to be able to accomplish what we think we want to accomplish. Right. Right. And so things, you know, I've dealt over the years, I've dealt with so many successful people when I did a lot of uh, in-person one-on-one training, I was blessed to be able to work with some of the most successful people in the world and meet people who were crazy successful, not as well known as others, uh, but still, you know, multi multi-millionaires who will have achieved what they set out to achieve, to become wealthy, to build a business, to become a success in their own eyes and to other pe- and, and, and what other people see. But what happens is a lot of these people have sacrificed their health in the process. Hmm. And over the years, I've had very intimate conversations with people who, who were referred to me or I referred to them. And they would open up. They would say like, well, you're the guy who was sent to me to help me at this point in my life. And I would say, well, tell me what that means. What is, and this is for men and women. I've dealt with many, many successful women who they'll open up to me because I'm this guy now who has this spot in their life, very, very personal space in their life where they're going to open up to and entrust their body, their health, their, their medical profile with to help them get to a better place. And they all admitted they were so hell-bent on building a successful business and becoming financially successful that they were willing to sacrifice everything. Their relationships suffered. You know, some of them barely hanging by a thread to their marriage. Their health suffering all the years, like all the years. And some of these people, granted, they would try like a diet or they would get a surgery or, you know, they would, they would do some form of, you know, retreat for three weeks, you know, go lose weight for three weeks at, at one of these retreat places. And then, they, but then they got to come back to reality. They would try all these different things, never really understanding that it's their own mindset that they have to reprogram mm-hmm. and go through a paradigm shift to realize that this is not just something you're going to do once or go away and come back magically. You're cured with, you know, a fit body and a healthy inside. This okay. is like, this is part of your programming, your, your values, your intentions, your purpose for the grander life that you see ahead of you. And so a lot of them would admit, like, I can't believe I was so smart with business and, and entrepreneurship and developing this company. We've come so far and I've achieved all the material things I've wanted to, but here I am like on the brink of a heart attack and my blood pressure's horrible, my energy's horrible, my, my brain feels like it's half its capacity and I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried. And I look at myself in the mirror and I think, how, how could I 
with these kinds of smarts have let myself turn into this pile of garbage and it's depressing. And, and at that point, when they're opening up, they will admit sitting there, the only thing that matters to me right now is that I fix my health so that I can live the way I want to feel good about myself, give my family the best version of me possible and enjoy the fruits of my labor that I sacrificed so much for. The mm. only thing they want is their health. They want to get that health so that they can enjoy everything they built their life toward and give their families the best version of them possible, which is not there right at that moment. They know it. So like for me to be able to meet people early on who are just starting out and already have the wisdom to know, hey, I want my health to be intact through this whole journey so that one, I have more impact during the journey. I build a better, stronger business because I'm taking care of myself. And when we do start really enjoying the multiplication and fruits of all this labor, that I don't have to go back a few steps and try to regain my health and fix myself at that point. Make sense? Makes perfect sense. And, and as I hear you saying this, a, a question comes to mind. And honestly, Joe, I don't know if it's a fair question, but I'm going to ask it because I know there's a number of people hearing you say this. And because they're still results driven, they are wondering the answer. Mm -hmm. And the question is, uh, obviously, we can't put something down to like a perfect time frame. But on average, what might someone expect how long it's going to take them to achieve the necessary paradigm shift in order to really do this successfully? It, awesome. Does it take a, a weekend, a month, a year? A, <laughs> what, what could someone typically expect if they're actually invested in doing this? That's an awesome question. And so everybody's different or, or a lot of people fall into different psychological, emotional categories or profiles. It depends what they're trying. It depends, it depends what they're going to give their efforts to. So, for example, let's say somebody decides, okay, I'm going to start doing the right things. And they go and choose something hardcore. You know, like, take your pick, hit boot camps, uh, hire a trainer who's really into the hardcore heavy lifting and, and the, you know, the progressive overloads and the pyramid sets and all that. Mm -hmm. or, or popular CrossFit, which is pretty hard on the body, as we know. Uh, if they choose something really hard and challenging like that, that's risky on the body and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the joints no matter which way you cut it, um, it's, it's going to be a slow process if, if it's even going to happen at all. A lot of people quit that stuff either because they get hurt or they're like, I, I just don't want to punish myself anymore. Like this just not, does not feel good. I don't want to do something that does not feel good and is not enjoyable. So that paradigm shift takes longer because they actually have to reset and try something else later. If something is, if somebody, if somebody's exposed to a methodology that actually feels good, is gentle, doesn't take as much time as all the mass markets are claiming it has to take and doesn't feel like punishment and torture, but gives them all the results they could ever want and more. Then it's much easier for any person to start going through that paradigm mind shift because the solution is very different. Mm -hmm. it's, very, it's very doable, actually wantable. They want to make this part of their life because they realize, oh, I could do this and I feel something happening already, right? So what their choice of options are dictates how fast they're going to have that mind shift and how fast they can move into a different paradigm of what this all means to them.
Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And <clears throat> follow up question, because again, you know, even if someone listening to this isn't an entrepreneur, everyone's busy. So a question I have is like, if someone discovers the right uh, source of content of of workouts, nutrition, whatever it might be, what is a fair amount of time they might expect to need to invest? Is it something that has to be done every day or just a certain number of days out of the week? And whatever that answer is, how long per day or per session should someone expect to actually require if they really wanna have success with this without driving themselves crazy or reaching too high too fast? Yeah, excellent question, because this is important. So on average, if you can devote like 30 minutes, and again, this is average, 30 minutes a day to training the body, right, with a, what we call physical training. And I, I based most of my programming with myself, my, my long distance coaching clients, the clients, my team coaches at the studio. It's mostly body weight training with some accessories like good resistance bands, some very light dumbbells used properly, some medicine balls. Um, 30 minutes average, some, some days 20 minutes, some days 40 or 45, depending on your schedule and, and what you feel you want to do. Uh, 30 minutes average for physical training. And then if there are other activities you can fit into your day, right, which we should be looking to do this because we have 24 hours in a day. We should be looking to either go for a 20-minute power walk, go for a bike ride, do a light run early in the morning to get yourself up, to get your body centered, to get your mind, get the blood flowing, get the oxygen into the brain. You know, again, some days may not allow you to do that, but I find that when I start working with people, even though they've said, well, I don't have enough time, we start realizing that, oh, wait a minute, we do have time. We do have 30 minutes there. We do have 20 minutes there. Suddenly we start creating the time in places that we didn't see that time being available before, mm -hmm. right? So, but for sake of an answer, let's say 30 minutes training the body, maybe another 20 to 30 several times a week, getting outdoors or doing even like indoor uh, cardio sessions like jumping rope, uh, step up and downs, uh, body weight cardio. Uh, you know, there's so many different options, it depends on where somebody lives, the climate, what they have access to. But what I, something that's become really part of the essence of everything that I'm doing and my team is doing and we're doing as a whole is to simplify things as much as possible and remove as many obstacles and barriers as possible to get your fitness in, right? right? And so we have a studio and we have a lot of local people who love coming to the studio because of the community and the social aspect, but on a broader scale, broader reach, like for people we work with long distance, most people, especially entrepreneurs, would love to save themselves the time of having to travel to the gym or the fitness center or the health club and deal with possible crowds and lines and um, the extra time it takes to do that. Mm -hmm. But when all said and done, your average commute to the local fitness center or health club is, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And there are some that are longer. So for the entrepreneur, that's 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. That's 30 minutes. Right. Well, and then that doesn't include the time there. It could be anywhere from 35, 40 minutes an hour. If you, if, if you listen to most programmers, fitness programmers, you're going to be there for an hour at least. Well, what if we could just make use of the half hour that would have been the commute time and just do that 
use that half hour for training at home? Or if they have a small office, what if we create a small corporate wellness program for your office, if you have office space, or if you have a small or medium-sized business? What if we make your fitness doable where you are, whether it's home or at your office? Right now you're saving the commute time, you're cutting out all the drama, the characters and the crowds, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing that's most efficient for your needs that you enjoy doing and you're not killing yourself. Right. So right? about so, setting up the conditions so that you can actually do this versus um, something where the paradigm shift hasn't really set in and it's too easy to quit. Exactly. When you're dealing with, when you've set the variables properly, well, now you've just changed the game for yourself. Right? So let's say, a 30-year-old business owner thinks what the mass media is touting all the time. Oh, you got to do CrossFit. You got to do HIT. You got you to hit the weights to get the maximum benefits. You have, to, you have to do progressive overload to get the results. What if they believe that? Well, if that's their belief system, then when they make an attempt to get in shape or get healthy, those are the things they're going to try or force themselves to try because mm-hmm. that's what they have been told is quote unquote right. Now, if you change the belief system and you enlighten them a little bit and you say, no, you don't have to do that beast mode stuff. You don't have to kill it, bro. You know, you don't have to be boss lady weightlifter for the females. You don't have to listen to all that crap because it's nonsense. It's like the blind leading the blind. When you learn, oh, there is a better way. This is awesome. I can actually do this. When you learn that, and then you go try it and you realize, wow, this is, this is cool. I could do this. Now you realize it can fit your life, your schedule, your busyness. You can fit it in. Understood. And, you know, I want to chunk in a little bit deeper on, on one piece of that because I think a huge uh, point of contention in the wellness community mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the question of lifting weights. Obviously, I don't think anyone's going to disagree that it's high impact. It's tough on your joints. But then you have people saying, well, listen, you know, as guys get older, if they want to maintain their testosterone, they need to be lifting weights if they want to build muscle mass. I'm curious for your perspective on this. I mean, is that a misnomer? Like, let's say that you've got a guy who is worried about his testosterone count. He wants to create lean yet solid muscle. He wants to maybe get a little bulky. Hmm. Does he require weights or is there another better, safer, easier way to do it? Yeah, love that question. There's also a similar question. Uh, when it comes to the topic of osteoporosis, but mm. let's let's address yours. Weightlifting is a form of resistance training. Resistance training is actually what we're talking about. Resistance training is what triggers the changes in the body. Now, resistance training can be done with traditional weights and the stack machines with the pulleys and the cables at, the, at, the, at your typical health club and gym, resistance training can be done with good resistance bands. Resistance training can be done with your own body weight if you know how to move it in relation to gravity for all the different muscle, muscle groups. Resistance training can be done with rocks. It could be done with heavy furniture. It could be done with uh, medicine balls. Mm-hmm. You could go to a playground and do one of the best resistance training workouts ever if you know how to use a playground. So it's not so much weightlifting that produces the responses in the body that we're talking about. In this case, testosterone for men. 
I, I stopped doing all the hardcore stuff probably 15 years ago, maybe even longer. I used to do all the heavy stuff, all the weights, all pyramid sets, progressive overload, all that crap. And it was not feeling good anymore. My body was hurting. My joints were constantly aching. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm doing perfect form. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology. Everything I was doing was perfect, right, by, by definition. But it was hurting me. And so there was this huge disconnect. Okay, I'm doing everything I know perfectly. Uh, I was very meticulous with form. Uh, it's one of my specialties. But it wasn't feeling good. Like the feeling I had was that my fitness training was actually doing me worse than it's supposed to. That that there was something wrong there. So I started moving away to body weight training and adding in some accessories such as light dumbbells, which are not heavy weights. Light dumbbells are light dumbbells, but depending on how you use them dictates the, the response you get from the body. Just Res for clarity, resist, how yeah. I'm sorry, how heavy are light dumbbells? Are we talking five pound, 10 pound, or even lighter? Uh, I'll use anything from like a 12 up to like a 40 pounder on some exercises. Got it. But it's like, that's 5% of my weekly training. You know, 90% of what I'm doing is body weight training uh, and, and resistance bands. You know, the good heavy duty rubber bands with the handles. Mm -hmm. um, you have to get good ones to, to make it count. Uh, but resistance was still the key element in my programming, but it wasn't being, it was no longer being done with the heavy traditional weightlifting routines that everybody talks about for guys that you see in the magazines, you see on the internet, see on YouTube. I left all that behind and I started training on playgrounds, a lot of body weight training with these accessories, some suspension straps, the bands, some medicine balls. And what I found was, my aches and pains were disappearing and my workout times were getting shorter and the response I was getting in the training time was even greater than when I was doing all the weight training. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself enough time. And what I realized was that I'm actually looking better than how I was looking when I was doing all this hardcore weight training and stuff, the weightlifting. And I had some clients who were coming to train with me at playgrounds and they were loving it. They were just blown away. Like, this is fun. We get to be outside. Wor workouts are awesome. Um, you know, we, can we keep doing this? And they were loving it. They were getting good results. They were decreasing aches, pains, and, and typical uh, soreness from, from joint use in, in regular workouts. And we knew I was onto something. And so that led me down that path of really leaning into it fully and really defining for myself and my people what resistance training actually means and how it compares to how the different types of resistance training compare to each other and that the myth of weight training for this result or that hormonal trigger is actually a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So we can resistance train with our body weight, with resistance bands, with suspension straps, and still get the hormonal health benefits that we're looking for without having to do the traditional weight training that a lot of people think you, you have to do to get that maximum response. Right. Um, so and so I, I'll underscore this without, cutting, without purposefully cutting you off there. Hmm? My, my health, one of the things we pay attention to, myself and all the clients we work with, are paying attention to your health vitals. Ideally, once a year, 
you want to go in depth with your medical exam and you want to see the numbers. You want to pay attention to those numbers. You want to start make own, taking ownership of those numbers because those are the things that you want to set your visions on when it comes to defining why you're doing fitness and good nutrition in the first place because you want to positively impact everything that's going on beneath the surface that you can't see when you look in the mirror, right? So those, those health vitals have to fuel your reasons why you're pursuing health, wellness, and longevity in the first place. When we do that, it makes it much stronger. When I, when I started paying closer attention myself, I started paying attention to all the numbers. And over these last, last five to six years, um, I've made it a point to actually do further testing in my medical exams. My primary care, my main doctor is a, a sports medicine specialist. He's a sports medicine family physician. He walks, he walks the talk. This guy's in awesome shape, totally understands it. We get each other and he loves seeing and knowing what I'm doing so that we can compare notes each year. And for the last X number of years, my testosterone has been the highest it's ever been. And I haven't touched any of the heavy weights that I used to touch in the old days. Right. And so I say this to highlight that it's not just something I'm saying should work. I'm telling you personally, I, I've experienced this with my own numbers. And our clients experience the same. We have women who see benefits in uh, improvements in their osteoporosis their bone density gets better and their the risk of osteoporosis decreases. And no, none of them are lifting weights, but what they are doing is proper resistance training of the body to stimulate that response we're looking for in the vitals that we're checking out. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Um, your, question, your answers are so thorough and so great. Um, these other Thank questions you. keep popping into mind for me. Yeah. Um, there were three that I, I want to, to make sure to cover. Um, mm -hmm. One of them was regarding recovery. Because again, we'll go back to you know, standard weightlifting. I think everyone would agree. You know, everyone does things in different groups because you need to recover. But you're talking about something where you're doing something resistance training 30 minutes a day. Is this something where you have to work on different groups in order to do it daily? Or is it something where by the dynamics of how the exercise works, you can do the same thing every day without needing to worry about recovery? Yeah, awesome question. So those are variables that we get to play with for variety. So for instance, most of my training I'll, I have on a five, day, uh, five, day, five or six day rotation. Mm -hmm. So like one day is lower body, you know, legs, thighs, glutes, lower body. Next day is uh, chest and back focused. Next day is abs and core. Next day will be shoulder, shoulder focused. Next day will be abs and core again. And then I'll finish the, the cycle with arms, an arms focused training session. Understood. Um, but that's me right now. Like in a few months, I might do several weeks of rotating total body training sessions, which incorporate the whole body doing all muscle groups with a variety of exercises in a fusion type of training session. Um, when we're working with people, you know, whether it's clients at the studio or we're coaching people long distance or I go on location to meet somebody, um, it depends on where they're at, where they're going, and what stage of the process they're in. So again, it's not one or the other. It's utilizing both at different times to make sure that we're just staying the path, moving forward, and enjoying the process. So 
I, I may have a client who is doing specific body parts in their, in their weekly rotation of training sessions. Mm-hmm. Let's say they say, Hey, Joey, I'm, I'm have to go to you know business meeting uh, out West. I'll be at this hotel from Thursday to Monday. Uh, here's, you know, here's the number, here's the website. I'll check out the facilities, the fitness facilities. And then depending on what's there or not there, I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you three videos. I want you to rotate through while you're there. And those videos might deviate from our, our typical programming. They may just be a fusion combination of total body training sessions that will keep them fast, efficient, and in the zone while they're on the road for business mm-hmm. or even, vac- even vacation. Sometimes you go on vacation. I know where they're staying. I know what they have access to or don't have access to. And I might give somebody a different program for while they're away just to make it simpler, easier, and more doable, but still effective. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Um, this kind of brings me to, to my next question. And you mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, like you keep track of your vitals. It's like, what's, what is it about past what you see in the mirror? But we're also about shattering paradigms and we want to give our ego like as few excuses as possible to take us off our path. So obviously what's in the mirror is going to carry a lot of weight. Um, with that in mind, then I can give you like a specific scenario if it matters, like, you know, a typical 40 year old who hasn't worked out in five years, Mm -hmm. if you need a specific scenario, but how long will it take for someone to start seeing results, which will hopefully inspire them and motivate them to keep pushing forward? Yeah. Excellent question. So, you know, I want to, I'll preface it by saying if somebody comes to me and says, okay, Joey, I'm, I'm, you're, you're my man, help me out here. They're, they're going to be getting programming from me so I can determine how long it's going to take for them to see changes. If they're going elsewhere, I, I have no idea what, who they're going to or what they're going to try. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But if they're coming to train under my methodologies or at the studio with my team, conservatively saying within three to four weeks, they're going to start seeing things happening when they're looking in the mirror. They're going to start seeing subtle changes at least starting to happen in those first four weeks. Depending on their body composition, um, some might be a little sooner, some might be a little later. If they're carrying a lot of excess weight, it might take longer to see the changes. Uh, but you know, your average, average out of shape male who's middle age, um, you can expect them to start seeing something happening within the first three to four weeks for sure. Got it. Cool. And um... This also kind of leads into this. There's obviously no question. It doesn't have to be asked. Nutrition plays a role. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt about that. Right. My question to you, especially, you know, the busy entrepreneur, the the business owner who's running around and and can barely get a hold on things, like how heavily does nutrition play a role? In other words, how dramatic do your life choices have to change with what you put in your body in order to successfully really make this happen? All right. So, let, I want to throw in a word here. Let's, let's just throw this in the word simplification. Okay. Mm-hmm. Simplification of fitness training, simplification of nutrition. There's so many things out there being complicated, uh, you know, both online and offline that it just confuses the heck out of people, right? All these different diets, these macros, these micros, the timing and, and this and that. Um, if you take, if you take the average male, and let's say their diet is unhealthy American style, which is heavy, heavy in processed carbohydrates, 
mm-hmm. uh, probably too much saturated fat, unhealthy saturated fat. There are some healthy saturated fats, I believe. Uh, far too far too heavy in in protein, probably unhealthy proteins. Uh, and they're probably drinking a bit, whether it's beer, hard alcohol, wine, or all three. Uh, then on top of that, you look at the eating pattern, right? So many people start their day with this 2000 calorie breakfast. Like you're putting yourself behind the eight ball before your day even gets started. Right. And so these are the ingredients that lead to the average male looking the way he does, you know, big belly starting to grow over his belt. He's really soft and mushy starting, he's starting to get a thick neck, starting to feel like crap. So it's re- it's all relative. How drastic does it have to be? It depends. How bad are they eating in the first place? And then where do we need to take that person to not have them on a diet or something that's nameable, like you know keto and paleo and no carb? If you have to name what you're doing, um, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Unless you're only going to use that as an on ramp to what's called just a, a, a logical, healthy way of eating that was designed by this earth and the creators in the first place. Like everything we need was put here for us, okay? So how drastic does it have to be? It only has to be as drastic as it, it, it is to take somebody from how unhealthily they're eating to eating healthy, properly, and balanced for the most part, which means we all know this. You got to eat vegetables. You have to eat salads. You have to eat some fruits. You should be eating some nuts if you're not allergic to them. You, you could, this is debatable, should be getting some kind of animal protein every now and again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean an eight ounce burger every night though, right? It doesn't mean half a pound of cold cuts in a, in a large sub at lunchtime. So we already know how to eat. Most people just simply ignore it because it's not sexy. It's not flashy. It's not faddish. It's not trendy. But the truth is, if you get to eating the way we know we're supposed to be eating, all the things that were put here on the earth in the first place to sustain human life, that's not dramatic and it's not drastic. It's, it's what's supposed to be. What's dramatic or drastic is trying to do keto, keto for life, trying to eat paleo forever, trying to eat no carb forever. We can't do those things forever because once we go on vacation or once we go on a business trip or once there's a family event or once we get sick, it throws us off and we realize, oh, I I can't do that all the time. That's not normal for a regular life, right? So these people end up at square one again. They realize, okay, I have to, that didn't work. So I have to try something else. Awesome. So it's only it's only as dramatic as the change from what they're doing to what they should be doing. And again, it's not a diet methodology or you know anybody's breakthrough secret plan. There are no secrets. There are no breakthroughs. We have to adjust the amounts of high nutrient dense foods to be in synchronization with our body's needs. Right. And yes, it does take some reprogramming. It does it does take some self awareness. It does take some getting to be okay with being hungry sometimes and not thinking we need to eat as soon as we feel our stomach growling. Um, It comes to mindfulness and most people get out of shape and unhealthy because their lack of mindfulness in their habits 
is what takes them there. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. And we are, we're having such a good conversation here. We are running dangerously low on time. So I'm going to ask yeah. you two more questions. One of them should hopefully be fast. Okay. Feel free to answer it fast. And then we'll get the last one. The first one is your thoughts based on what you're saying here. Any thoughts that you want to share on inter intermittent fasting? Yeah. So <laughs> this, is a, this is a great question because this I do not include in the trendy faddish diets thing because diets are what you're eating and what you're not eating. Intermittent fasting is the timing of when you're eating. When I was back in my teens, you know, we're going 30 years back. When, when we wanted to get ready for bodybuilding competitions, one of the first things we did was push our breakfast time into the midday. It didn't have a name. It was, didn't have a cool, sexy, fancy name. It was just what we did. We didn't eat until we earned our food. So we didn't eat until 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, our first meal. It wasn't called intermittent fasting. Now, that same thing that we used to do back then to get ready for competitions and not everybody did it. I did it. There were other people who it worked well for. Um, just about anybody who did it, it really worked well for. But some people were against it because they thought they were going to lose a lot of muscle by not eating for half a day. Now it's called intermittent fasting. I love what's called intermittent fasting. I don't even call it that myself. I just, it's just how I live and, and eat. I eat after I've earned the calories around midday. Um, but I'm a big fan of it. It's one of the reasons, one of the other reasons my health vitals have improved so much after the, uh, over the last five or six years is because I don't automatically put food in my body first thing in the morning. I don't believe the myth that you must eat breakfast if you're going to have an awesome day or, mm -hmm. you know, now, again, I'm not making a blanket, a blanket statement for everybody. You know, when I coach people, we go into specifics and we fine tune exactly what our approach is going to be. So it's not like everybody should be doing this thing called intermittent fasting or not eating until closer to midday. Right. It's very, it's very individualized, but generally speaking, and especially for myself, I'm a huge fan of not eating until midday or a little bit later. It's worked wonders for me. I have clients who I'm doing it with who it has and does work wonders for but again, it's not something that everybody should be going to do until you really start having somebody help you on the path and, and first trying other things to see if the fasting um, element is even necessary because it's not necessary for everybody. Right. Some people do fine if their breakfast is properly structured, if their nutrition is properly balanced and designed and their exercise is of the right kind, they don't need to do any kind of fast. But for a lot of people, it's nice to do occasionally. Uh, for some people, it's a daily habit. It's just how their metabolism works and their health benefits from. Mm -hmm. uh, and so short answer is I personally, personally am a big fan of what people are now naming uh, intermittent fasting. Um, that's the short answer. <laughs> and, and I'd assume, I mean, you talk about not putting food in your body. I assume, though, you still want to put fluids in. You want to drink water in the morning. Correct. Absolutely. Beautiful. So I'm a big fan of tea. Uh, love drinking various kinds of tea in the first half of the day, uh, seltzer water. Uh, they're good, high quality, uh, non-sweetened, no calorie seltzer waters mm. uh, with no artificial chemicals or anything in there. So big fan of teas, straight coffee is fine. I like to have my coffee when I break the fast in, in the midday or the early afternoon. Um, uh, or, and of course, straight water. 
Nice. Perfect. So last question. We got there. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously, man, your, your answers were so in-depth and so awesome. I was like, oh, I want to make sure that I make this deadline for Joey. Thank um, you. So last question is like, I, you know, first of all, thank you in advance because this is the first real level of uh, fitness content that I'm introducing to my audience because this is one of many things that I want to do to help people improve their lives. Cool. I understand you've got some cool freebies that you're happy to share with them. If I'm not mistaken, it's fitnesstraining.live, but let me kick it over to you and invite you to describe what it is that you've got for them. Yeah, total pleasure. And I, I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, it's a topic that I believe is really important. And I love being able to share a unique path with people who need a simplified way of fitness training and nutrition and mindset all combined into one. Um, so if anybody wants some of my freebies, get a taste for what this is all about and kind of get an early sense of, of uh, what they can be doing. Again, it's fitnesstraining.live. And when you get there, you'll be able to sign up for a bunch of free videos, a couple of workout videos that you could do at home. Uh, some sample recipes where I show you this kind of nutrition that I'm talking about that's so simple and easy and delicious. Uh, it might be a, one or two mindset videos from some mini seminars I've done. And then we have other stuff we add to that as well that we'll send out occasionally. And that from there, you know, people can reach out, they can respond to one of the emails. Uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with me for direct coaching, if they're not local here in St. John's, Florida, if they're abroad, other country, wherever, and they want direct coaching and training by me, we could totally do that. Um, and it, I, I'm, I'm reachable on social media, usually uh, Facebook. You can find me at Joey Atlas Fitness on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, if you're an Instagram user, my handle is the Joey Atlas uh, on Instagram. And uh, if you go to, if you want to go to my main website, that's thejoeyatlas.com. And uh, there's a contact page there. Either my assistant or I will get anything that's submitted through the contact form. And uh, always, always up for helping anybody who wants to be helped and is ready to be helped. And uh, it's fun doing. It's fun seeing the improvements and the progress in people. And I love impacting lives because one person's life positively impacted affects everybody else around them. If they have a company they're running, it affects all the employees. That leads us to corporate wellness, of course, as a culture, and it affects the family. So you want to be your best for yourself and for everybody around you in your business and your family so that they have the best you and everybody else benefits in the process. Cool. I, I want to echo that a little bit just for everyone listening. Uh, Joey's just hooked you up with some cool, like free shit that's going to help you out. Like take them up on this and check this out and like really think about what we're both saying here. Your health and your fitness, besides just being for a better quality of life, and you only live once, these are success strategies. This is just the way you want a good marketing strategy, just the way you want a, a top sales guy to, to get things handled for you, just the way you want to make sure you have a good staff, a good team, a good game plan, a good business plan, everything. You need a good fitness plan also because it's that kind of thing that's going to keep you sharper, keep, give you more energy, help you be more productive in ways that you will not even ever realize until you're actually experiencing that. So Joey Atlas, thanks so much for you know, hanging out a little bit longer than I thought. My um, pleasure. Get your time, man. This was, this was so valuable. I know there are people listening to this right now that this is the first step. This is the beginning of a new lease on life for them if they're willing to take it seriously. So thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andrew. That was great. Much appreciated.
Thank you, Mr. Joey Atlas, for that highly detailed, really in-depth interview. I'm sure looking forward to hearing what people think of that one. In fact, for those listening right now, if you haven't done so already, do me a favor. Hit that quick subscribe button after you pull out your phone and leave me a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you thought of this content and the direction that we went in today. It helps me decide if we want to do more health, less health, what kind of topics we really want to cover. So you're always going to have a hand in that. Let me know what you think. With that said, I am out for the time being, but I look forward to being back with you guys again soon. In the meantime, you take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.